turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Um, turn me down just a little bit, if you will. Um, in the foyer, you'll find a table dedicated to caring solutions with little baby bottles uh, on that table. And what we want is for everyone that can to grab one of those and fill it full of change as well as when you think of, of your children and these moms. And we want to spend the next couple of weeks uh, raising funds for this Christian ministry. How many of you know that's the heart of God? So on your way out, uh, make sure to get one of those. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning with verse 16. And put your thumb there and turn also in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 2 Corinthians 9. If you're there, say amen. Y'all know what happened on the screens, don't you? They've been counting the offering based up on uh, <laughs> sections. Y'all, y'all got to do better over here. I, I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know. I, I, no, that I, I'm just joking. I don't, I don't know what happened, but we just bought that, so it's under warranty. Thank you, Jesus. Second Thessalonians two, sixteen. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God even our Father which has loved us and given us everlasting, say that with me, everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. So comfort your hearts and establish yourself in every good word and work. God has given you, is giving you and shall give you Everlasting consolation, encouragement coming up alongside of you. and says, we got this. You don't have to have this. We got this. And 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace. Say that with me. All grace. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, having all sufficiency in all things, can abound to every good work. I know the context of that passage is talking about God giving you resources to resource others. But he said also all grace, not just grace to give, but all grace, divine grace in every season, grace in every season, grace in every situation, grace in every surprise and grace in every sorrow. In every tight place, in every narrow place, in every painful place, in every lonely place, there is a grace for that. And God, who is full of grace, is able to make all grace abound toward you that you would possess all sufficiency in all things for every good word and work. You're equipped. You may not know it, but you're equipped. And right before you're seated, we've all been in places. And if you haven't, you'll be there where you go through a place and your friends will say, I don't know how you did it. Well, when you get to it, there's a grace for it. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. You don't have to pull it out of him. It flows from him. I want to speak to you this morning, an encouraging word, just a word of exhortation. After we plowed our hearts 
last Sunday. I believe God's going to rain on our hearts this Sunday and bring forth that seed. So Father, we humble ourselves before you and we're grateful today. We've sung of your glory. We've sung of your greatness. Great and faithful are you, Lord. So I pray today that you would anoint me, O Lord, that you would use me uh, this morning for your glory, that you would allow me to communicate words of life, that we'd see you more clearly and we'd articulate you more unashamedly and believe you for the impossible. How can I not think, how can I think otherwise if grace is abounding toward me? Let it happen today, God, I pray for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. There's a phrase common years ago and now it's almost worn out, but the phrase is there's an app for that. There's an app for that. There's an app for that. But I've adopted that phrase. I can't tell you how many times I tell myself. Anybody else talk to themselves? Sometimes you got to talk to somebody with some sense. Sometimes you got to listen to somebody with some sense. I tell myself there's grace for that. There's grace for this. How broad is that statement? I don't care where it came from. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care its track record and I don't care of my insufficiency. There is grace for that. For this, God is able to make grace abound towards you. Now, that's a broad subject, but I've chosen four. And I'm just going to list you. This is probably the most simple sermon uh, you'll hear this year. But I'm trying to give you just a vitamin B12 shot. uh, So where you leave saying, there's grace for that. And God is able to make it abound toward me. First thing I want to talk to you about very quickly is grace enough to fail. There's grace enough to fail. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. No, God does not condone our sin, nor does he excuse it, but he has no desire for it to destroy us. Those that have walked closest grieve the most over their sin. I can't believe I blank. After all that I've been through, that I would turn back to blank. I can't believe that I I allowed this in my life or I acted like I didn't know better. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so grieved, but there's grace for that. The, the, The challenge is for you not to be God and decide how much grace is dispensed to you. You come to God as you are. I am who I am. It is what it is. And I have no excuse. Would you be merciful to me, O Lord, as I confess my sin? Don't expect God to cover something you won't uncover. But when you come clean, there's a grace for that. A lot of Christians who who, um, have grace for all other people. There's some that won't, won't allow that grace to permeate their life. The proof of God's desire for us to be forgiven is how he provided for our sin and our sins through Jesus Christ. Are you able to sin without passing sentence on yourself? Now, I don't mean making allowance for your sin, but in the end, there's one judge. 
and I'm not going to sentence myself away from him. This is how you know the difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation is the work of the devil. Conviction is the work of God. Condemnation makes you want to hide from God. Conviction makes you want to run to God. Don't be an idolater and decide to sentence yourself away from God. It's kind of like Judas. He said, I have betrayed innocent blood. Yes, you have. And he went and hung himself. No. Simon Peter denied knowing Jesus was the Lord, but he ran out and wept bitterly. One wept to the ground. The other wept unto God. And there's a grace for your failures. I know you've disappointed yourself. I know we've disappointed ourselves. I know we've disappointed our spouses. I know we've disappointed our children and our parents. But there's grace for us. Unmerited, wonderful, blessed, timely, powerful grace for those of us that fail. Are you able to repent without falling off the cliff of remorse? Are you able to be as fully forgiven as you have fully failed. That phrase right there will change your life. I never heard that until the Lord spoke that in my heart yesterday. Are you able to be as fully forgiven as you have fully failed? Here's the balance. Many Christians won't look at their sin as it is. They gloss it over. They, they dilute it and make it not seem as bad as it is. But when you, when you call it like it is and you see how fully reprehensible that failure was, voluntary, in, in the face of God, and you see it fully, the next step is to see grace equally as fully. I love that verse that says, and such were some of you. Idolaters, adulterers, fornicators, liars, thieves, jealous, envious, angry, deceitful, such were some of us, but we've been washed and we've been forgiven. Years ago, and you know, when you get as old as I am, everything's years ago, but years ago, uh, there was a reunion of my college friends um, and they wanted to meet at a place that I wouldn't really frequent. And I searched my heart. I said, Lord, you know that ain't no part of me wants to be in that. But this may be my one chance to share my faith with them as a grown man. And so we met there. And you ever walk in a place, you can just hear the demons. Just, you know. And at least they ain't in us, you know. I'd rather them be out on us than in us. That's a good place to, that, that could preach right there. But, uh, I was greeting everybody and say, hey, Wood, it's so good to see you, man. You know, uh, uh, what, what are you doing? Are you, I heard you as a preacher. Yeah, uh, and I forgot how many years to tell him. And one of them goes, oh, don't you come up in here acting holy. I said, what? And he goes, tell me you don't remember. And I'm not saying this to be funny. I'm telling you just like it happened. He said, don't, don't, don't tell me you forgot that you emceed the hot legs contest. In the, in the fraternity house. I said, no, I ain't forgotten. But that guy's been dead a long, long time. <laughs> 
See, the devil, if he can keep you, see, that should be a shadow in your life, not a monument. My sin abounded, but his grace did much more abound. Much more, much more. As guilty as I was, I'm cleaner than that. I carry the righteousness of Jesus Christ today that's been imputed to me. Someone say glory this morning. Number two, grace. God wants to give grace to you uh, to to fail and, and keep going. Grace enough to continue. Continue what? Yes. Just keep going. Grace to continue. Marriage, ministry, relationships, commitment, goals, your walk with the Lord, whatever path you're on, following God, hearing his voice, there is grace for you to continue when there's no will, when there's no want to, when there's no strength, when there's no momentum. There's grace for you. It is as if God just carries you. Y'all remember that little poem, Footprints in the Sand? I read a modified one that fit my life more. It's called Butt Prints in the Sand. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. This is what you get. If you're visiting with us, uh, you can write me at Andy King in Barnesville. He may, re- he may hear this later. But for all of us that, you know, I can't, I won't. And there are, yes, listen, God has carried me. He's also took me by both ankles. Oh, yes, he has. He is determined for me to, I'm using humor, but he is determined to bring me home. John, I've went to prepare a place for you and I'm coming again to receive you unto myself because where I am, I want you to be also. And if you act a fool, I'll drag you home. There's a grace to continue, a grace to persevere. When you have little to no strength, there's grace for that. When there's no help or support or others to believe in you, there's grace for that. See, some of us have Christian heritage and some of us, our parents didn't know Jesus from TJ Maxx. They know Granny praying. Grammy was a witch. There's, some of us, there's no, you know, people come off the street to witness to your dad and knock on the door and they say, do you know Jesus? He said, what's his last name? And you started from that. And there is nobody calling you to say, like my mama calls me, John, I'm praying for you. I prayed before you got up this morning. I'm praying for you. You never had that, but there's a grace for you. And God knows, oh, I feel this in my soul. I don't know who this is for. God knows how to compensate. Those of us who are fatherless. My daddy's never heard me preach. But my heavenly father has been with me on every stage that I've ever preached in. He knows how to compensate. It's not the same thing, but it's a divine thing. When there's no momentum, there's a grace for that. When you have no chartable progress. See, some of us, that's the thing for us. If we could just see it moving a little bit, if we could just see us gaining a little ground. There was a study done at one of our institutions of higher learning before they stopped learning. Uh, They did a study. (laughs) 
Now it's just regurgitate back. What you, is that what I said? Good, good, good boy, good boy, good. And they, they brought in these lumberjacks, uh, not the kind with the, but the kind with the, and they brought them in and said, what do you make an hour? And they're like, well, we make about $30 an hour swinging the ax. And after the trees have fallen, he goes, okay, we're going to pay you double, $60 an hour. And you take your standard breaks and they put them in a room. But what they didn't tell them is they dulled their blade just a little bit. And so they did it for about 10, 15 minutes and started getting uproar. Half an hour later, they laid their axe down and they're knocking on the door and said, hey, y'all got to do something with this axe. I don't know where you got this Zayers axe at. Some of y'all don't even know who Zayers is. Uh, I don't know where you got this from, but y'all need to back up and come again because this, this, ain't, this ain't right. So what's wrong? It's the axe don't work. It's not, it's not sharp enough. He said, well, instead of $60, we'll pay you $120. He said, no, I'm just not going to swing this all day. He said, okay, $250 an hour. He said, look, buddy, I'm a lumberjack and I got to see the chips fly. I got to see the chips fly. Did you know the devil knows that you're a believer on your way to Zion and we like to see chartable progress? We like to see that we're closer, nearer, continuing. And the devil will create illusionary temporary settings is it you're no closer today than you were the day you start you're not making no ground you're not gaining any ground but the truth is every morning you wake up you're a day closer to being home with God don't let the devil deceive you grace enough to continue when there's no history or or or, or uh, no history of victory or finishing in your life There's grace for you when there's nothing on the horizon that would encourage hope. This is the secret to your pastor. You know, we all have our kryptonite. I I, I tend to discouragement. If I just see something on the horizon, I got a cloud the size of a man's hand. I'll preach up a fit in this place. I'm ready. God, give me something. You give me a word to hang on or or a, a prompting or a confirmation. I'm good. But when there's nothing, when there's nothing, yes. Is that a phone or an owl? I was teasing. When there's nothing on the horizon, God has grace for that. Has it ever dawned on you when your babies are born, you stand in front of them, and the older you get, you stare at the back of their head? So when I started, he was talking to me. Come this way, come this way, come this way. Now I hear a voice behind me saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. But Lord, I don't see you, but I'm there anyway. I don't see progress. You're progressing anyway. I don't see hope. Your hope is right behind you and in you. There's grace for you who feel like you're not gaining ground and there's nothing on the horizon. Then why don't you look up past to the next horizon unto the hills from which cometh your help. Your help comes from the Lord. Grace enough to continue all the way to the end. Divine grace, supernatural grace, all grace, sufficient grace, abounding grace, not measured out, 
abounding grace. There'll be people, I trust you, leave this room and you say, God, I need you to abound it to me today. Just about, just saturate me with grace. Number three, grace enough to believe. Mark 9, 23 says, if you can believe, all things are possible to the one that believeth. There's grace enough to believe because your faith is the gift of God, being born by the word of God, based upon the person of God, supported and sustained by the spirit of God and watched over by the very eyes of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's grace for you to believe. Don't say, listen, you do not, contrary to charismatic Pentecostal theology, you do not have the power to create. But don't think for a moment that your words don't matter. Don't say the phrase, I can't believe. I just can't believe. Some of us, when we see a miracle, we say, can you believe that? Yes, what you think we've been praying for. Your unbelief is a sin. And Jesus did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And no one can be unbelieving for you but you. There's grace enough to believe. No matter how silent God is and no matter how vocal the devil is, there's a grace for you to believe no matter how intimidating your opposition. When Goliath stood before David, one of my favorite men in the Bible, one of my favorite character studies, and that giant come out, and you know the story, for 40 days and 40 nights he would appear before the armies of Saul. That's the key of the story. Is there anyone in the armies of Saul that will fight me? No, but there's one coming from the army of God that's going to do something for you. Anybody from the armies of Saul, David comes, he's bringing cheese and raisins and all this to his, I don't know why he brought them food, nobody's doing nothing. But he gets there and David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine speaking about my God? Oh, that, that's Goliath, you know, he's some commentators say 14, 19 foot tall. His spear weighed what a, a teenager would weigh, you know. He said, what, what's the king going, watch this. What's the king going to do for the man that kills him? <laughs> Freeze frame. You know those little cartoon things where they do the circle above your head and it pops what you're thinking? You didn't say it. What you thinking, David? I'm just wanting to know what the rules are. And what the reward is for the one that believes. I'm deciding if there's a grace for it, why am I not operating in it? He said, well, you get the king's daughter. He said, which one? <laughs> hey, listen, just because you saved don't mean you go blind. You, no, 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 no. Which one? Oh, the pretty one. Okay. And you get to get, you know, be the king's son-in-law. Great. And all your family is exempt from income tax. And all his brothers are like, go David, go David. You know. <laughs> but David came up to him and believed and said in front of the armies of Saul, in the ears of God and in the ears of his enemy, I'm going to feed you and the armies of Philistia to the birds of the air. 
Some of you have something standing up in front of you that's so large and so unchallenged. Maybe your daddy didn't kill it. No, by the way, papas and granddaddies, the giants you don't kill in your life will torment your children. I don't want to leave my babies none. I want them to see bones. I do. I want them to see bones. David said, I'm going to feed you to the birds of the air. And some of you have these obstacles. How long are you going to let that thing stand up in front of you as if it were God himself? David took out the sling. You know the story. Swung it. Uh, The rock found its way in between the armor of that uh, giant or through the armor. We're not sure which. He fell to the ground and he took the giant's sword and cut his head off. I submit to you, he shut up after that. Do you know that you have grace enough not to be intimidated? And when the devil stands and gets loud in front of you, said, you must have forgot not who I am, but who I serve. See, that's the confidence of the believer. I'm nobody. Oh, you're right. I'm nothing, but who am I? You would bring a dog before me. I'm, I'm, I'm nothing in and of itself, but I didn't come to you in my name. I come to you in the name of the Lord whom you've defied and God was with him. There's grace enough for you. Stop being intimidated. No matter how long to wait, like the man at the gate, beautiful for 38 years. I don't have nobody. Stop it. You have God. I don't have nobody to put me in the pool. I am the pool. There's a grace for you. And you know, when when you flip the calendar over years and years, it can dilute your faith. But there's a grace for that. Come back and believe that God is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He'll withhold any good thing from those that walk uprightly. Sometimes the longer the wait, the greater the glory. No matter how empty and insufficient you are, like Abram and Sarah, that which they were believing God for was impossible within themselves. I'm not trying to hype you. I'm telling you my story. God loves when people say impossible. He loves it when you are, when he tells you that you're going to have a child and your wife's womb is dead and you are no longer the man that you were when you were young. And the situ- with, with a dead womb, what little seed is left, it's just not going to happen. How do you think God got seed into the first man, the mud man? He just made him up out of a brook and got some mud together and made his eye. How does that work? And blew air into him and gave him seed. Don't even say he said it. Just put seed in him. If God wants you to have a baby, you're going to have a baby. Grace enough to believe, even when you are insufficient. As a matter of fact, I would tell you some of us are too sufficient. That's why we don't see his glory. He got to get you to the zero factor. Rock bottom. Rock bottom can be very encouraging because you know if there's any moving done, it's going to be up. He said, John, what do you got? What do you bring to the table? Well, I got these friends of mine, too many. Well, I've got my past victories. Too many, too many, too much. John, what are you bringing to the table? Nothing. John, do you believe that you are able to do? 
exceedingly, abundantly, above all I can ask or think. Watch, according to the power that's already working in me. No matter how hot the furnace, like the three Hebrew boys, grace enough to believe. I love what they said, and I'm just taking little snippets from each story. Of course, I don't have time. But King Nebuchadnezzar set up this uh, statue in the Valley of Durham and said everybody had to bow down. And these three teenagers and, and Daniel in his room, I know he didn't bow. But they commanded that if they did not bow, that they would burn. Um, and they, some commentators say the flame was 150 foot high. I don't know how you determine with a measuring stick. How, I'm glad I wasn't on the committee to measure how hot it was. That, that's the one point there. That was funnier than you laughed, but anyway. Uh, and the king, they were drugged before the king and said, I understand that you didn't think you had to bow. If you bow, if you don't bow, you're going to burn. No, sir, if we do bow, we will burn. And they said, O King Nebuchadnezzar, small k. He said, I'm going to give you one more chance. The devil's always going to give you one more chance to bow out. He said, I'm going to give you one more chance. They said, O King Nebuchadnezzar, small k. Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from this burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, I still want you to know that I'm not gonna bow down and serve your God. You have grace enough to stand, grace enough no matter how hot the furnace is in your life and they were thrown alive in the furnace and until the one that kills you, God preserves and if you go through a situation that takes your life, before, before your feet get cold, you open your eyes in the next world and find that the God that was with you in the fire is with you in, in heaven. It's the same one. They threw the three boys in and they said, how many, how many we threw in there? He said, three. He said, one, two, three, four, four, three, two, one. That fourth one looks like a divine being. And the only thing that burned up, you know the story, in the fire was the bonds that they were tied with. I have found when I come out of hot seasons that I'm freer than I've ever been. You don't scare me no more. If you've lived in a 150 foot flame, you're not scared about little things. And finally on this point, grace enough to believe even after the window is closed. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. But you have kind of a diluted, anemic faith because you're trying to produce it instead of receive it. Grace, grace, abounded grace. Lord, if you'd have just been here, Lazarus would not have died. The season's passed. The window is closed. If our musician would come, please. It's just too late. The time has passed. And... Um, I wish I had time to tell you all the wonderful stories after it was too late. It's too late to have a baby. It's too late to start a ministry or start a business. It's too late to, it's too late to start again. Lord, if you'd have been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. And he said, did I not tell you that if you just believe, you'd see the glory of God? He could have said, without any contradiction to the passage, he said, you know, when he said, roll the stone away, Lord, he's, he's decomposed. That's how late it is for some of you. The smell of death is all around this thing. 
and Jesus is saying, roll the stone away. He said, Lord, no, let's don't get that close to it. I don't want to get that sense, that smell of failure on me. And Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you'd believe, you'd see the glory of God? You are looking at the circumstances more, you see the circumstances more clearly than you see me. I believe he could have said, you smell that? That's Lazarus. And there's a grace for that. <laughs> there's power for that. There's power for that. Our problem is not our problem. Our problem is that our, our channel is clogged with the things of this world and unbelief and a lack of faith. When God is able, Brother John, you don't know, you don't know where I'm at, but God is able to make all grace abound towards you. But Brother John, but God is able to make all grace abound towards you. What would happen if we'd stop saying what we say and start saying what God says? Finally, grace enough to begin again. Again. Grace enough to begin again. Again. After personal sin and public failure. After devastating disappointment and disillusionment. After lost consecration, start over like Samson. Start over. After what others did to you and didn't do, begin again. Let it go. Well, Brother John, you don't know what they did to me and they were my parents. Let it go. There is a grace. When, when people do the unspeakable to you, God will step in and do the unspeakable for you. Yes, he will. There's a grace for abuse. There's a grace for misuse. There's a grace for abandonment. There's a grace for betrayal. We're not good because we picked ourselves up by our bootstraps. We didn't have straps. There was a grace for that. And the righteous cry and the Lord The Lord hears them and delivers them out of all. You didn't hear me. All their troubles. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. After what others did, let it go. Let it go. How can you say let it go? Like this, let it go. I just can't do it. If you had it, you could give it. Have what? Lord, I'm sorry for all the horrible things I did and there's no excuse and I know I deserve hell. Would you forgive me? He said, John, not only am I going to forgive you, I'm going to give you grace and mercy. Mercy. I'm going to keep from you that which you deserve and I'm going to give to you that which you don't deserve. So now take it with you and this person's done their thing. Well, sure, I can give you what I have. What do you have? Grace. I ain't forgot what you did, and I don't like you, and I don't trust you. I had a lady walk this aisle years ago. I hadn't seen her in years. Cruel woman. You know, men can be stupid, but women can be mean, mean, mean. She's a cruel Walked right down the aisle and said, you know you have to forgive me. I hadn't seen her in years. I saw her coming down the aisle. I just hugged her. She said, uh, you know you have to forgive me. I said, Oh, darling, I forgive you. I don't trust you. 
And she just looked at me and said, mm-mm, not at all. But why did I hug her? Because I'm good. There's a grace for that. God wants us to operate in that grace. And even after what you've suffered, after you've lost those you cannot live without, like Jacob bearing Rachel, after life has made you bitter, like Naomi, after you've been burned, after you've been ground down to the ground, like Job, and even if the world as you know it was washed away, like Noah, there'll always be a patch of land that you land on and you can begin again. Oh, yes, he is. You can begin again. Listen, all of God's word is true, but there's some of it that it relates to you while you're in it, you know. Man, I am your commercial. I'm it. And start over. And I don't mean just just with the family or our children. I was done. Done. No desire. I was torn, and I'm not trying to be dramatic, I'm being honest. I was torn between being here for you and begging God to take my life. I did both. I said, if you've ever loved me, if you've ever cared for me, would you just take me home? And there are people on your row you don't know, but to think of starting over, like I always tease Kelly, I said, we can, we can do one more. We'll talk to the, the, the covenant, the, the uh, care specialist up here. After we can do one more. But just like the idea I think about starting over, you know, pioneering a church again. Oh, oh Lord, I don't know if I can. But if he calls you, there's a grace for it. I got to the place. Y'all forgive me just a minute. I just need to sit. I got to the place where God, by his grace, gave me a vision. I was just at the tail end of a horrible period of years. And uh, I said, Lord, I've lost everything. Now, you can say, well, not everything. Everything that kept me who I was. And the Lord gave me a vision. Now, I'm not being mystical, a day vision. For me, it happens like you take a photograph of a movie. That's the only way I can describe it. I knew the movie from beginning to end and I watched it. And it's kind of, kind of like a drone, but it was a low flying drone, I guess. And he showed me a, a burnover field, 40 acres. That's what I call it, the back 40. And there was a couple spots of it that were still smoldering. And I felt the Lord say, this is your life. I said, I know. It's gone. And then I saw in the corner of my eye the Victorian house with a, a white rail porch all the way around it and hanging baskets of the brightest colors of flowers and plants. It was what you'd picture, you know, out in the, the fields and in the prairies. Just a beautiful house. And it wasn't up high, but it was, it was brought in and set down on the ashes.
and I felt the Lord speak to my heart. He said, it's, it's as burnt over as you think it is. But I'm going to do something so beautiful in your life. And I'm going to put it right on top of what you lost. I don't need your help, John. But it is in the see. There's some of you, you can write. This is your story. You know what I'm talking about. The pearl shines brightest against the blackest cloth. And he did something for me. That people look on our life and go, the Lord has done wonderful things for you. Do you know what's on the inside of my wedding band? The Lord has done wonderful things for them. And see, when you don't think you have the wherewithal to continue, when you don't think you have the wherewithal to forgive yourself or others, when you don't think you have the wherewithal to, to, to finish or to keep your commitments, when you're at the end of yourself or at the end of others, and you just don't have it in you to begin again, there's a grace for that. And you, Katrina, we can, get, we can start over. We can start over. And nothing eternal has been lost. Nothing. Your pastor is flawed. And there's many, many, many pastors better than me. But I'm going to tell you the truth. You're going to take some lumps. You're going to have some scars. You're going to bury some things. You're going to bury people. You're going to face disappointment, disillusionment, and unspeakable sorrow. You'll cry through the night. If you walk with the Lord, you're going to do all those things. And there is grace for that. There's grace. Sustaining grace. If this has resonated in your heart, we're only going to take a moment. It's for identification. It's like, Lord, I hear you. I hear you. I just want you to come stand in the front and we're going to pray. And then we're going to do one quick song. We're going to go home. If that's you this morning, say, Lord, this is my word today. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. You better be ready because it's coming. Immeasurable grace. Divine grace. Sustaining grace. Sufficient grace. Timely grace. Unmistakable grace. Look at this. Oh, you needed the word. And he feeds us with his word. Now those in the altar, just close your eyes and think of this. Not measured grace, like somebody takes their hand and gives you a piece. Abounding grace. Poured out upon you and to you. Glory. If you know someone in this altar, I want you to just come real quick and stand with them. And those that see anybody without a friend or family, come quickly. Come on. So God's got you, girl. Hey, brother, God's got you. There's grace for you. Sufficient grace. Come on, come on, stand with him. I want to speak this over you before we pray. If you 
If you have lived to see the end of a chapter in your life, that is God's permission for you to live in the next one. There's grace for you. For the tired, for the worn out, for the despondent, there's grace for you. For the failure, there's grace for you. It's time to begin again. It's time to look up again. It's time to receive. It's time to receive. Receive this grace for your heart. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Those in the altar, would you look this way? Brother Charles, Pastor Charles, if you'll I'll ask you to close for us in just a minute. Well, John, how does it come? In a variety of ways. You'll be listening to a song and a bucket just pours out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're sitting in the car, you're standing, you go, and it's cold. What I mean by that is wake you up. You'll get a, a call or a message or a text from an old voice from long away and you know that that's the Lord saying remember, remember, remember you'll, 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 you'll feel something you'll... when I started to come back to life I remember I had lost what I thought was a capacity for joy and then I'd laugh at one of Jim Gay's jokes that wasn't funny before and it wasn't funny after but I go where'd that come from you're coming back to life. You feel things. And that grace starts to pour in. It's not about being above. It's about being in and being good. Like, like just, I'm, I wanted so much today to just give you a phrase that you carry like a, a weapon, like a, a, a reminder, a, a, a frontlet. And he said, there's a grace for that. There's grace for that. There's grace for this. There's grace for you. There's grace. There's grace. And God's able to make it. So as it comes, Tell him, I see you. I do this all the time. I see you, Lord. That thing come on the radio. I, say, I, I, I see you, Lord. I see you. Charles, would you come? Did you have an announcement? Okay. Pray over us, preacher. Father, today we're thankful for your grace. We're thankful for your mercy. Your word says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in your house forever. God, we're thankful today that no matter what season we're in, Father, your grace is sufficient. God, we're thankful today that your grace is empowering. We're thankful for that. God, we're thankful because, Lord, we find comfort, we find strength, we find peace in knowing, God, that your grace covers us. And, Father, I do pray today for every person that's at this altar today. Father, I pray today, Lord God, that whatever they're facing, whatever they're going through right now, I pray, Father, that they would feel your grace. They would know that you are for them and you're not against them. Father God, I pray today, Lord God, that they will find encouragement, Lord God, as they lift their eyes unto the hills from where their help comes from because all of their help comes from you. Father, you are a good God and your 
grace is sufficient. Your grace is abounding, Lord, and we're thankful for that today, God, that we could rest in that, knowing that you are a fortified wall all around us, that you are that river that runs through us, and today we can lift our heads, we can, we can lift our hands, we can lift our hearts today, and we can know, God, that we are victorious, that we are not fighting for victory, we are fighting from victory. So, Father, as we go from this place and not from your presence, I pray today, Lord God, that we would go with boldness, that we would go with certainty, God, that you are for us. God, I ask your blessings over your people today, God. According to Deuteronomy chapter 28, Father, I pray, Lord God, that your people will be blessed in the field that they will be blessed in the city. They will be blessed when they come and blessed when they go. I pray, Father God, that everything that they put their hands to do in your name, I pray that it will prosper. And Father God, all of the dreams and the desires, Lord God, that they have had and many of them have walked away from, I pray today, Father, that they will have the confidence to, to pick it back up and to give it another try and to do it again in Jesus' wonderful and glorious name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you.